Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Taking a look at the Ryder Cup. It's maybe this morning's 4 nothing sweep was just a mirage because there's almost all blue this afternoon except for Sneedaker and Kepka. Everything else, they're trailing. Todd Furman, what kind of odds did they have on the U.S. this afternoon? First of all, good afternoon. How are you? And I didn't see updated odds for the afternoon's foursomes, but can tell you coming into the tournament, USA, an overwhelming $1.80 favorite against Europe. If history was any indication, you should have been running over men, women, and children to try and bet the Europeans until we shed that monkey off our back. Well, I was talking, we had a great interview with Azinger yesterday, and uh, he's text, he's been texting me all afternoon today. He said, this is a different U.S. team. They were ready to play, and uh, well, seeing is believing on that, but... They were sure as hell good in this afternoon or this morning, 4 0. Uh, not so good this afternoon. Yeah, definitely got off to a good start. And if you look at some of the prices on the morning matches, wasn't a whole lot of line movement on any of those four. The only one we saw, Dustin Johnson and Matt Kuchar, went from about a $1.55 favorite to north of $2. And they, of course, cashed. And when you look at some of the prices, for the afternoon foursomes, just very difficult for books to get a whole lot of action. So more or less lines open mm. right where they end up closing uh, more often than not. Yeah, because you don't get a lot of time. To, you know, as... no, not a lot of time for odds makers to set numbers they trust and making their opening their ability to take actual limits and then not a whole lot of time for the recreational batters or even the professionals to try and get down and take advantage of themselves. All right. Well, Todd, of course, from the Bet the Board podcast, Dot com is where you can find he and his buddy uh, Payne Insider for all the great information as far as uh, college and pro uh, betting is concerned. From a sharp angle, let's uh, get to some of the college action this afternoon or this more or this afternoon, Todd. Let's start with uh, uh, Tennessee and UGA. You got uh, Tennessee coming off an obvious emotional victory, comeback victory over the Gators. Uh, you had Ugga get down 45 to nothing to Ole Miss. Uh, we got to believe that Tennessee is a better team in all phases of the game under, under new coach Kirby Smart. It's not clicking. And now we find out that Chubb is out. Uh, I had it before the show at my, Tennessee minus three. Has the Chubb injury uh, had an effect on the line or was that already built in? No, a number has ticked up a little bit. Obviously, speculation throughout the course of the week that if he was able to go, it was going to be in a limited capacity. Number now out to Tennessee, a four-point favorite. Since the Open, you've seen a little bit of money on the under, but nothing real substantial from 54 down to 52. And when you look at this game, Big Dog, I think it's a question of what's the real Tennessee? Is it the team that Mm -hmm. we saw for the better part of three-plus games, or is it the team that started to get their feet under them in the second half? 
with that impressive comeback against Florida. And the same thing to be said about Georgia. I mean, we saw Georgia team fortunate to get out of Columbia with a win against Missouri. They had a nice resume-building win week one against North Carolina. Uh, but Jacob Eason hasn't really shown that progress you'd like to see in a young quarterback. But the market reflects that Georgia would have been a one-point favorite in this game had it been played last weekend. Now you see Tennessee minus four. And as you know, you don't get rich in this business trying to – buy teams when their stock is at a high or mm. trying to short stock when they're at an all-time low. Well, what did we find out about Tennessee? I mean, everybody had them as the team in the in the SEC East. Uh, they were looking like they were not going to live up to that uh, reputation in their first couple of games. And even in the first half, they didn't look like it against the Gators. Uh, they, they obviously turned that around in the second half. Uh, could a game like this give them the confidence that they need to be the team that they are? And What does it do for Butch Jones at Tennessee? Definitely. When you look at Tennessee and you mentioned their aspirations coming into the year, not only to win the SEC East, but to compete for a national championship. And if you're going to take that next step uh, and get into that elite tier program, you have to sustain some of the momentum. And we're going to learn a lot about Tennessee, not only on Saturday, but over the course of the next three weeks. Because from here, Mm. uh, after taking on Georgia and Athens on Saturday, they go to College Station the following week to take on Texas A&M, and then they play host to Alabama. So if they can run this three-game gauntlet, and we're sitting here having the discussion right around Halloween weekend with Tennessee sitting at 7-0, and uh, they're going to be viable national championship contenders mm. and I think finally live up to that preseason hype that so many fans in and around the Vols program really believed this current talent mix could get to. Well, two other teams that could be in the national championship mix is obviously uh, Petrino's Louisville Cardinals against uh, Clemson. This is a uh, battle of Deshaun Watson versus Jackson. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine anybody better than Jackson so far this year from the quarterback position. But uh, Clemson's been here, done that with uh, big games as far as uh, this game is concerned. We were shocked, obviously, when uh, Petrino, in their biggest game before this, was just uh, woodshedded Florida State. But uh, did we take – do we take too much out of that woodshed beating of FSU and, and apply it to Clemson? You know what? I wanted to make a case for Clemson. This number came out. I watched it start moving in Louisville's yep. favor. I said, full well, I'm going to be on Clemson here. I'm going to back them as a home underdog given that 18-game win streak, the things you mentioned there with experience, extra time to prepare for Brent Venable's defense. Then the more I dug into it, I started to get cold feet. And I'm <laughs> officially going to be on the sidelines here. I think when you look at these two teams, Both defenses outstanding. All the talk about Clemson uh, surrendering 3.7 yards per play, good enough for fourth. Louisville's no slouch in that department either. They're right there Mm -hmm. alongside Clemson uh, with the same marks against, the difference being on offense. And Louisville right now averaging a shade under nine yards per play, best in the country by a country mile. And Clemson only at 5.1 yards per play, 92nd. I'm not sure you just can flip a switch and get Deshaun Watson and this team moving forward because it's not as though Clemson has played a real murderer's row schedule. They started to show me a little bit more against Georgia Tech last week on a Thursday night, but settled for an awful lot of field goals. And the last time Clemson was installed as a home underdog back in 2013, things didn't quite go so well for the Tigers. They were absolutely annihilated by Florida State, 51-14. to And that was an upstart quarterback in Jameis Winston. I'm sure Lamar Jackson would like history to repeat itself on Saturday night. Well, and, you know, this opened up at at Clemson minus three and then now flipped that. That's a lot. That's a lot of movement to come through from a three to, to the flip favorites for that many points. 
And it definitely wasn't casual observer money moving right. that number. But the real question was, was that going to be the true position of the professionals? A lot of the folks that I talked to were itching to try and get that number out to three to mm-hmm. Clemson. Didn't think it was going to get there. Ended up starting to go earlier today, taking two, even some one and a half disappearing. Wouldn't be shocked to see this game close right around to pick them with two very different schools of thought uh, surrounding these two teams. Yeah, it should be a doozy, I would think, uh, as far as that's concerned. All right, my play-on team from college football so far this year has been Western Michigan. The Broncos uh, are undefeated. They're laying three and a half at Central Michigan. These uh, two teams have grouped together to beat three Power Five conference teams. Not that they're that good, but uh, they, they, at least from the MAC, beat these teams. Uh, Western Michigan looks like they could be... Uh, you know, a, a team that could invade the New Year's Day if they win this game. Yeah, you look at what the Broncos have been able to accomplish, and I think uh, P.J. Fleck deserves a ton of credit for yeah. the way he's built this program, getting guys to buy in. Uh, it has some real playmakers out there. You mentioned Western Michigan and Central Michigan, what they've done. You take all the directional Michigan schools, and it's going to be a renaissance for that trio of teams in the MAC. Central Michigan, we know they can throw the football. Cooper Rush, a quarterback that flies under the radar, maybe one of the best signal callers, if not the best, in the entire conference. Mm-hmm. So it's always attractive looking at a team like that, catching points at home. But I think Western Michigan, too much balance on offense, their ability to run and throw, I think a little bit stingier defensively. They'll get enough stops. One of the best football games we saw in the MAC last year, a 41-39 thriller. Slight lean towards the Western Michigan Broncos here, laying three and a half on the road. And their line. quarterbacks, Terrell's throwing at 70% and hasn't thrown a pick yet this year either. So, I mean, uh, he's no slouch either as far as no, Terrell is concerned. He's been extremely successful, and you saw him start to show flashes uh, in the bowl game. And I do apologize for anyone from these areas listening. The game's in Mount Pleasant, not Ypsilanti. I didn't want to confuse them with Eastern Michigan. <laughs> I, know those Michi- I know those Michiganders can get a little bit defensive. They get a little testy, don't they? <laughs> well, winter's, winter's right around the corner, and when the Red Wings aren't relevant in the Stanley Cup discussion, I know exactly where they're coming from. Before we check out of college, we would be remiss if, uh, with all the Michiganders down here and the Wisconsin cheeseheads down here. Uh, Michigan opened nine. They're out to ten and a half. You got two really solid defenses here, uh, but uh, Michigan off a big win against Michigan State, and now to go into the big house on the road is that too much to ask for the Badgers? You know what? This is a true bookmaker line here. It almost appears to be inviting Wisconsin money, and you look at what the Badgers have done. There's no doubt their resume much more accomplished so far this season than the preseason schedule of lightweights uh, that Michigan has gone through. They showed a little bit more polish and promise. Uh, dispatching Penn State a week ago, and I think they can carry some of that momentum forward. Wisconsin has been bit pretty hard by the injury bug. They lose one of their key components of that defense, uh, their defensive leader and leading tackler at the linebacker position, and I'm not sure the redshirt freshman Alex Hornerbrook will have the same level of success this week in Ann Arbor as he did last week in East Lansing. Definitely a lay it or don't play it type scenario. I think Michigan keeps this freight train rolling. I laid it at 10, so I'm, I'm admitting that right away. Uh, we'll be back with uh, more from Todd Furman of BetTheBoardPodcast.com as we head into the NFL this afternoon uh, with more uh, games, in particular the Bucks with Denver, the defending Super Bowl champs coming into town. Stay with us. All right, 17 minutes past the hour here on Sports Radio 620 WDAE 95.3 FM. Our good buddy Todd Furman from PetTheBoardPodcast.com is with us. He's 
and every Friday throughout the football season, giving us uh, his opinions on the lines. And let's start at six thirty in the morning, your time. <laughs> Don't you? and it's not even a good game, Todd. I mean, Indianapolis and Jacksonville uh, opened up one and a half, stayed at two and a half. Uh, you get this feeling that everybody wants to play Jacksonville, but they're giving them no reason to do so. Uh, last last year, Boydles wiped the floor with Indianapolis's defense, and this year is no different, I don't think. What's your thoughts on the 9.30 a.m. start Eastern time for uh, Jacksonville and Indianapolis in London? Yeah, when you look at this game, clearly desperation for the Jacksonville Jaguars. 0-3 had a great opportunity to win last week, but mistakes in the waning moments of that particular game kind of derailed any aspirations of getting to 1-2. and two. You look at Jacksonville, some key contributors are going to be game-time decisions. Julius Thomas at the tight end position and Dante Fowler Jr. out there on the defense. Indianapolis... They showed some bend-but-don't-break potential against San Diego. The Chargers were able to move the ball, just not convert them into touchdowns. And I think if Indy can try and progress that way, they're getting healthier on the defensive side. They'll be a bit stingier at the same time as this number approaches three. I think Jacksonville becomes the mm. side worth exploring. Uh, but a two-and-a-half, kind of no-fly zone, and even a three, I'm not sure if that'll be enough to push me over the fence and get me involved here. Man, me neither. It'll be just uh, breakfast with, uh, ch- breakfast with uh, and the NFL. Can you let me ask you this before we move on? Uh, the NFL viewership is trending down, down, and down. Do you guys out there in Vegas have any explanation for that? I think you know you get too saturated with a product, and you know we always said that the NFL was recession proof, and that's how kind of how the gaming industry felt for years that you continue that to meet people's expectations for demand. But if you're not giving them good games on Thursday mm, nights, mm-hmm. on Sunday nights, and Monday nights, you go, you know what, I have other things to do. I have other ways that I can fill my time um, during those particular windows. And I think that's more or less what we're seeing. I don't want to quite say that Mark Cuban's prophecy two years ago about hogs getting slaughtered is where the NFL is going. Uh, but until the NFL decides they want to fully get on board, embrace daily fantasy, embrace sports gambling, uh, they need everything they can to try and help viewership uh, because ultimately people begin to push back and they want to see a change when they go through traditional methods. I do think, though, some of the streaming numbers are encouraging uh, when you look at what you've seen uh, on the online component. You're seeing 2 to 3 million people watching games that way. Mm. which should probably factor into the network ratings. They just don't use those uh, for advertising dollars, and oftentimes it doesn't sit real well with the TV executives. No, it doesn't sit well with radio executives either because <laughs> you want to <laughs> you get the ratings from the online stream, which are huge. And you just uh, they, Nielsen hasn't figured out a way to give them those, those, those as as of yet. But uh, that's interesting. Wasn't David Stern out there at a conference uh, promoting uh, the next level of gambling, legalized gambling? Today he was he was he was a little bit open talking about it yesterday uh, at his kind of fu- closing remarks as part of the Global Gaming Expo. There was a major emphasis placed on legalization efforts, the integrity of the game, and actually how legalization help validates the on-field product. And leagues should be working in conjunction and harmony with odds makers and along with regulated shops for the reason that if anything is questioned and there's any suspected impropriety, it's not good for the NFL, the NBA, NHL, what have you. Or is it good for bookmakers if they think their product is compromised? So I think you're seeing some of that thought process and ideology beginning to change. Now, how long before any of this actually takes hold and start making progress with a repeal of PASPA, which is the protection of um, – 
proposal for an amateur sports protection act that they need to try and repeal from 1992. It's going to be a slow process, but I think the right people are getting involved. And if the NFL continues to see declining ratings, big dog, oh, yeah. what better way than to try and push for legalization to get folks more actively involved uh, wagering because we know they'll watch a heck of a lot more football. There you go. As if they don't already. But anyway, uh, Denver comes into camp uh, today or this Sunday with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Very disappointing loss to the LA Rams and they gave up so many points and their defense has been major suckage so far for three weeks and Denver's anything but that defensively. Uh, how are the Bucks even going to score on it on, on Denver's D and we see the line staying under pretty much, well, it's at the three now, but uh, you see 85% of the tickets on Denver in this weekend's game. Yeah, don't be, and don't be surprised if this number continues to move yeah. towards Tampa. And we see uh, two and a half before this number gets to three and a half. Let's put it that way. Uh, but when you look at this travel spot for Denver, clearly their second time traveling to the Eastern Times in as many weeks, the team did return to Denver can't imagine the focus will be anything close to what we saw last week from the Broncos, who went into Cincinnati, made a statement, and showed that they're very much still relevant in the AFC playoff race, especially in the AFC West. Tampa, as you mentioned, a very disappointing performance against the Rams, and we saw that number we talked on Friday get as high as 5.5 before there was major resistance in the market. Would love to be able to uh, lean on the Bucks ground game with Doug Martin, but he's not going to be available, so you'll need Charles Sims to at least give them the threat uh, of, of a rushing attack. I think you're going to have to use a lot of dink and dunk because if Jameis is going to drop back, he'll be under duress all game long. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you do need to respect the money that's come in here. Uh, I think it's Tampa or pass. The spot works a lot better for a desperate Bucks team than it does a Denver team that may not place so much emphasis on getting this road. We run. saw the total go down a, a point and a half, too, from 44 to 44 and a half to 43. Is there, is, is there any value in looking at the total in this game? You know what, don't see a whole lot here. I haven't seen enough from Tampa defensively to feel comfortable going under. I actually think if this number were to tick even lower to 42.5, I'd make a slight case of going over. Because if Tampa is indeed the side, they're going to need a score. And I can't see a scenario where the Bucs' defense is the unit that makes a difference and them getting out of there at 20-17. to So I think the Bucs to the over much more correlated than the Bucs and under. Carolina 3.5, now 3, minus 120. They're off of a beating against Minnesota. They traveled to Atlanta, who put on a show uh, in Monday Night Football in New Orleans against New Orleans. Uh, these are divisional games, and I think didn't Atlanta beat Carolina for their only loss in the regular season last year? They did. They played spoiler down there, and you're talking about a Falcons team 2-1 and one with a chance to maybe put a stranglehold on the division. Uh, after four games against the Carolina side that struggled a little bit uh, to find some of that offensive continuity. But I think a lot of teams in the NFL would struggle going into Denver and taking on the Minnesota Vikings. So it's not quite time to hit the panic button yet. The key to beating Carolina is putting pressure and bodies on Cam Newton, something that the Falcons really can't do. No. Carolina's secondary, a major concern, but I think their front four will be able to put pressure on Matt Ryan and company like this game over quite a bit been surprised that this number is actually trending down closer to 49 and a half and 49 than moving through the 50 out to 51 but think carolina and over make an awful lot of sense here really believe you're going to see the panthers best effort and should be enough to best the falcons on a short what's the word on cam he looked he looked once he went down with that ankle injury yes last week he wasn't the same in that game Yeah, and I think that's the big question. Uh, No real indications that he's going to be at all limited by it. Uh, And and not having Jonathan Stewart hurts 
Carolina's offense. They lose a little bit of that physical ground and pound component that they want to lean on. I think we'll know a series or two into the game if Cam's willing to take off uh, and use his legs, a valuable asset. If he's not and he becomes a sitting duck in the pocket, well, that changes the handicap quite a bit. Then I'm not sure I'd feel as confident having a Carolina minus three ticket or going over 50. All right, final game. New Orleans off a short week has to go to the West Coast. There, uh, It went from three and a half to four for San Diego. 53 and a half the total. Uh, I can't see that. That's a pretty big total, and we'll check that with Warren you know, at 430. But uh, that's a big number. Is that expected to come down? And do you like San Diego in this game laying the points? San Diego so banged up. I mean, we knew yeah. no Keenan Allen, no Danny Woodhead. Now they lose Manti Teo on defense. And you look at the Chargers. They were extremely successful moving the ball last week against the Colts, but you need to get sevens, not threes. And they'll need to do more of the same this week against the Saints. Fortunately for them, the Saints defense doesn't really provide a whole lot of resistance. At the same time, Drew Brees has been pretty outspoken about how much this game means to him personally. Going out to San Diego and having a chance to kind of make a statement and prove to the Chargers uh, what they missed out on. This number sits at four. There were some four and a half available. Would not be shocked if this continues to trend below four to three and a half. Don't know if it'll get to three, but despite the travel, despite the short week, uh, I think it's difficult to lay points with the Chargers right now. So I'm taking a long, hard look at the New Orleans Saints. Okay, there you go. All right, my friend, uh, Todd Furman of BetTheBoardPodcast.com. Get prepared for the weekend by... Just sitting at your computer with the headphones on. You won't be disappointed. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate it. Always always a pleasure, big dog. Enjoy the games this weekend. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.